This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. Uh Let's just jump right into this uh, with some Maryland reactions. Um, you know, obviously, I think ultimately the end result is disappointing. I think that says a lot about where this program is, that going to a place like Maryland, 7-4, and four, coming off a big bowl win last year, or not 7-4, and 7-win season, uh, they were 7-6, and six, uh, but came off a huge bowl win, uh, had two big wins uh, this year. You know, I think that says a lot that this is a game that, that people are disappointed SMU didn't win. Uh, add to the fact that I think SMU almost played well enough to win. That adds to the disappointment. Obviously, the turnovers uh, were huge. The late game running of Maryland was huge. Uh, and just some some big missed opportunities for this SMU team. That I think if you play this game maybe in week seven on, uh, maybe SMU uh, has enough together to get the win. Um, let's just kind of start from the top. The first drive, I don't dislike going for it on fourth down on that first drive. I think, especially at that point in the game, you think, shootout you think there might be a combined 80 to 100 points scored that's what most people have been talking about I'm okay saying look we've only got a couple yards to go field goals might not do it for us let's try and get in the end zone obviously that doesn't work out defense does a really nice job holding them to a field goal uh, and then kind of that early back and forth uh, is on a little bit um you know, some other things that have been brought up, uh, the play of Tanner Mordecai. Look, I think Tanner is still a better version of himself than he was a year ago. I think there are some things where with the good, you've got to take the bad. Um, he's going to make, he's going to attempt some throws. And with Rashi, with receivers like Rasheed and some others that SMU has, those throws are often going to connect and be some nice big plays. Uh, there are also going to be some throws he makes that leave you scratching your head. For the most part, he was off and he was missing high a lot of the night. Um, and that's something that uh, is going to be a little discouraging for fans. I'm not 100% sure either interception uh, was totally his fault. I never really got a good look at a good replay of the first one. Uh, Coach Lashley said uh, he felt like Maryland, RJ Maryland, uh, SMU tight end RJ Maryland, um, you know, went to the, went to the out. Tanner thought he was going to take the in 
and that's where that happened. I saw somebody comment that the pass was tipped. Um, and then clearly the second interception, uh, Haskins slips. Judging by the replay, it looks like that would have hit him right in the numbers if he stays upright. Instead, it hits the uh, the Maryland player right in the numbers, and it's an interception. The fumble, there are a lot of different parts to that. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are, are still shocked that that call uh, stood as a fumble. Others are even shocked. Lashley pointed out that that call rarely gets called a fumble on the field. Um, that oftentimes, you will see that be called down. Um, but it was ruled a fumble on the field. It was upheld on replay. And that's, that's the one that really hurts. Um, nothing came out of it for Maryland. The, the SMU defense did a really nice job, but that was a chance, uh, for SMU to really kind of make a second half statement that they didn't do, uh, in this game. They punched that in. Uh, I believe it should have would have given them a 27 to 20 lead at that time. They ended up taking a 27 to 20 lead, uh, but you kind of say all things equal. When they took that 27 to 20 lead, it could have been a 34 20 lead, and who knows what happens. Um, you know, it's it's a quarterback trying to make a play. Would you like to see him slide a little shorter? Would you like to see? him throw the ball away instead of take off. I mean, obviously you want to see him secure the ball when he makes that decision to run and then to be tackled. Uh, I don't think anybody argues against that. Uh, but those are, those are some of the questions you have to ask is outside of that. Would you have rather him thrown it away and it have been third and long? Uh, would you rather him slide shorter and have it be third and still medium um, you know, I think he, he made a good decision to run with it. Uh, obviously you just got to secure the ball right there. Um, Rasheed Rice, uh, is that guy. I mean, just not the fact that he put up the numbers he put up, which if you don't know, 11 catches, 193 yards. Um, but the fact that he did it the way he did it. I mean, he made some catches that were just unbelievable. Going up and high-pointing the ball in double coverage. Uh, he got held on that fourth down play, but still made the diving catch. Uh, he had that other one where he kind of stayed on the on the turf a little longer. That was another one where he was interfered with, still made the catch. Um, just kind of crazy what, what he was able to do. Um... You know, uh, Lashley has talked a lot about not forcing the ball uh, to Rasheed or any receiver. And you can look at it and you can say, look, out of Tanner's 54 pass attempts, 20 of them went to Rasheed. But also, out of Tanner's 29 completions, 11 of them went to Rasheed. Look, if you've got a receiver who can show you he's going to go up and make the play, you kind of want to stick with that receiver. Um, I know some of you commented about him staring uh, Rashid down a little bit or being a little too uh, laser-focused just on going to Rashid. Uh, sure, I think those are valid arguments. Um, I'm not sure if you necessarily can blame Tanner uh, on those. Obviously, he's got to make some better passes to him uh, in that last chunk of, of really crucial time late in the game down a touchdown. Um, 
but with with the performance that Rasheed had Saturday night and, of course, for the season, I'm not sure you can fault a quarterback for wanting to go to a guy like that who has shown time and time again that he can make the play. Um, the running game, you know, Sigurds, 19 attempts, 86 yards. He averages 4.5 uh, a carry. Velton had five carries, 22 yards. That's a, a 4.4 average yard per carry. Um, you know, as a team, they average 3.6 yards a carry. And obviously that's uh, with with Tanner taking some sacks in there. Um, you know, I don't know that 151 is bad. Obviously 3.6 isn't great. Um, you've got to run the ball. You You can't. I mean, look, SMU ran the ball 42 times. They threw the ball 54 times. I mean, what do you want? You can't take, you can't say, well, only run it 20 and then have Tanner throw it 75 times a game. Uh, that's just not going to hold up. Uh, defenses react. Uh, I would like to see them maybe do some different things with the run game. Uh, Coach Lashley, after the game, uh, not, it wasn't first and goal, but it was first down inside the the red zone, and they had those two runs up the middle that I think combined gained maybe three yards. You then had the incompletion to Rasheed on the outside, where it looked like uh, they, you know, one of them wanted to go one shoulder, the other one went the other, and the ball uh, flew by. And then obviously the fourth down pass that was way over Rasheed's head. Um, Lashley said, you know, the way the Maryland defense was playing, you really run the ball in those situations. That's fine. I'm not sure running Siggers up the middle, uh, was the best bet. The way things had been going, uh, for you that game, you know, I, I, would you like to see, you know, just four passes to Rasheed? Would you like to see, uh, you know, a, a trick play in there? I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm I'm not going to question a guy who's been a a top level offensive coordinator and is now a, a head coach too much. Um, I I do just think it was interesting, and I know a a lot of you thought it was interesting too. Uh, let's see. I know uh, Isaac Slade uh, got some some harsh responses on the uh, on the message board in the game thread. Look, he still led the team with 11 tackles, five solo. I don't know, you know, the one comment was about him just standing there when Jimmy Phillips on that fourth down play was trying to pull the the running back back. From where he was, if he tries to make a tackle, he's tackling him forward anyway. There's not really, I mean, he could try and piggyback and wrap Jimmy and try and pull that way. I'm not sure what he does there. Um you also have to have to realize he was the one that was doing a good bit of spying on on Talia. I mean, that's a that's a lot of work uh, that he put in. Criticized, sure. I think some of it was was maybe a little harsh. Um, defensively, I think the defense looked pretty good for the most part. I think your defense, if you said, "Hey, we're going to hold Maryland to to thirty four points," we're going to Hold them to, let's see where they're passing numbers real quick. Sorry, 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 sorry. 214 yards passing. I think you're pretty happy. Even the 
225 yards rushing is pretty good. Now, granted, one guy did 90% of that that damage, and and Hemby was a was a beast for them, especially in the second half. But ultimately, if if you tell me that the SMU defense holds them under 450 yards into 34 points, I feel pretty good. I think that is an effort in this type of game that's good enough to win. I think with SMU's offense, that should be good enough for the win. Um, I think you then add in that you don't have Devere Levelston for the first half. You add in, you have a banged-up Junior Ajo who I'm not even sure how many snaps he ended up playing. That's, I mean, you're at one tackle position relying a, a lot on a Darren Brown who uh, is not a bad player, but he's not who you necessarily would pick first out of that group to line up against the Maryland offense and stop the run. Um, obviously, you know, just the two sacks uh, by the SMU defense. Um, one of them is Chapman. Uh, who got uh, Talia as he was kind of trying to escape. And then obviously Chapman and Wiley combined uh, for one later. Uh, I don't think that's a fair representation of the pressure. I think uh, Talia was under some pressure. I think they did a good job with some spying. Uh, I saw that, you know, they used Isaiah Smith at, at times for that. They used Brandon Crossley at times for that. Uh, Isaac Slade was used at, at times for that. And I thought they they did a pretty good job and and didn't allow a, a mobile quarterback to to kind of take over the game. I mean, thirteen attempts, fifty one yards rushing for him. Uh, I think you'll take that. I don't know that there was really a play that stood out in my mind that he just was ridiculous in in getting out of a bad situation. Um, you know, I know he had a thirteen run in there, a thirteen yard run in there that. There was a nice play by him, but I don't know that that was a, oh, we should have had him for a four-yard loss and he got a 13-yard gain kind of situation. Um, so I, I think the defense did what you probably wanted and needed them to do. Uh, the defense forces a, a fumble. Uh, the spe- special teams forces a fumble that was, you know, your your defensive players that were were on the uh, kickoff coverage that that made that happen. Um, you know, I, I think that that is uh, a pretty good pretty good uh, effort there. you know I mean, they gave up the one the the long 48 yard touchdown pass. Uh, that's obviously uh, a tough one. but again, that's to an elite receiver from an elite quarterback. And outside of that, they didn't have a pass play longer than 25 yards. And I think that was a lot of Hemby yards after catch, you know. Um, On that, it's 17, 16, 13, 10, and then a a lot quite a bit shorter than that. So I I think you've got to be pretty pleased with, with what your defense did in the situation that they were in. Um we're going to take a real quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more offense, uh, a couple other things, and then try and, and figure out what this team does moving forward. We'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Again, I'm Jordan Hoffeditz, and we are taking one final look at the Maryland game and then looking ahead to TCU. Um, I know one other thing that uh, people talked about was the lack of Preston Stone and uh, the very limited work of one Kamar Wheaton. Um, look, even, even now, um, you know, media gets 20 minutes, uh, of practice at two practices during the week. Um, and it's the first 20 minutes when there's really not much, uh, going on. So obviously I haven't seen much from since, uh, fall camp ended, but with that, um, I I think you've got to trust your coaches. Look, I, I think if, Rhett Lashley thought that Preston Stone gave this team the best chance to win right now. Preston Stone would be taking snaps right now. Um, Kamar Wheaton, he's a five-star prospect. Um, But again, that was his second collegiate game. He's coming off a major knee injury in which, yes, it was structurally healed, but there was not really any rehab work done until he got to SMU on June 1st. So that's still only been a couple months uh, worth of rehab coming off a major knee injury for a college running back. Look, he's he shows flashes. He's obviously got the raw talent. Uh, playing at this level and getting fully healthy is going to take a little bit of time. Um, you know... They've said from the start that Preston will play. So I don't think if Preston got a drive in the Maryland game, it would have signified any kind of panic or, or anything like that. Um, you know, that, that would be an initial worry is what does that say to your team? What does that say to Tanner Mordecai? If at some point you just turn to, to Preston and say, you're, you've got the next drive. Um, but kind of with that established, I, I, I do think that that takes some of that fear uh, away um, and maybe even makes the question of why Preston didn't play that much bigger when you've said, look, he's going to play, he's going to help us win games. A lot of people think that he might have helped SMU win that game. Um, he is a little bit more mobile. It would have been a different look. Uh, for the Maryland defense to to deal with, I'm not sure that's the the time or place to do it. Um, I'm certainly 
again, not going to second guess uh, Lashley and, and his group. I mean, they see them in practice every day. They're constantly evaluating. They know more than anybody what those guys can do. And again, I think if uh, Coach Lashley, uh, Casey Woods, offensive coordinator, or Jonathan Brooks, quarterback's coach, truly thought that, hey, putting Preston in this game, in this situation, what it, wherever and whenever that would have been, gave SMU the best chance to win, we would have seen Preston Stone on the field. Um, I do think the gap is still pretty significant between those two, and that's why um, it's really been pretty much all Tanner all the time through three games. Um, you know, I... I think going into the TCU game, look, having an extra week to prepare for an opponent is huge. Uh, SMU will see that with Navy coming up here shortly. At the same time, I think this game is going to help SMU against TCU. There weren't a ton of questions after the first two weeks of the season for this team. Sure, things could have been done better. Um... But who, who they were playing, um, you know, Lamar's an FCS school. UNT is maybe a middle-of-the-road Conference USA team this season. That's not going to tell you a lot. I think a lot was learned about this team on Saturday, both good and bad. I think a lot will be shown on film. Again, both good and bad. And I feel like that will give the players and these coaches a chance to really put something together uh, for what is quite often uh, the biggest game of the season. when And the first time that, that TCU's come east uh, in a while with the, the 2020 game ended up getting canceled. Um, you know, there, there are some, some health concerns with with some of the SMU guys and obviously playing a game and playing that type of game, uh, lends itself to the, to some, some dings and being, being bruised and battered a little bit. And, and hopefully, uh, SMU got away pretty healthy. Um, and this is going to be a big week. Uh, they've got to respond to the loss. They're going to be, questions from everyone about playing not just TCU your your bitter rival but uh, your former head coach and uh, offensive coordinator and, and you know all the all the coaches that he took with him um, you know there's a there are guys that transferred from SMU to TCU there are recruits uh, that were committed to SMU that ended up signing with TCU I mean that's that's a lot. And quite frankly, to have only one week of that instead of two, which is what would have happened if SMU was off this past week, and to really have a true college football game under their belts that they played and almost won is big too. Um, Coach Lashley after the game said that he wasn't concerned about how the guys would handle it. Uh, he felt like they were going to handle all this the right way. Again, take that at face value. He's the he's the head coach. He's not gonna come out and say that he's worried about his guys uh, 
mental state going into this one, but also I think he knows this group uh, well enough at this point that that's not just just talk that he he truly feels that way. And if they go into all of this with the right mindset, with the the right attitude, and and to prepare, I think everyone should feel pretty good about uh, the game and the result at Ford Stadium on Saturday. Again, um, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. It was announced on Saturday. It will be on ESPNU. Um, you know, this is this is a chance to to bounce right back, uh, to go into conference play with a win, to kind of, you know, uh, make a statement about where this program is versus about the as as Rasheed Rice would say the the one over there. And those guys over there. Um, so let's see. Uh, I, th- I think some of the initial reactions are probably, after the Maryland game, are, are some slight overreactions. And we'll know a, a whole lot more about this team, about some of these players, and about some of the coaching uh, after this week and, and see maybe some of the adjustments that get made. And obviously... Uh, the results will will be big and will be key and and will say a lot about what this team might be capable of moving forward. Again, moral victories are are not a thing in college football. Uh, nobody gets votes into the top twenty-five on moral victories. Nobody gets uh, nobody gets chosen for ESPN Game Day on moral victories. Uh, but I think. Uh, for a lot of people that have been watching SMU football for a lot of years, that was the type of game that, that SMU gets run off the field in years past. And they truly put up a fight and probably truly should have won uh, with a lot of things um, and didn't capitalize on some things. But uh, I, I wouldn't put that loss in, in a failure category. Uh, I'd put it in a missed opportunity category. But there are going to be a lot of opportunities this season. So, uh, again, a, a loss is only really a loss if you don't learn from it. Um, and we'll see how much these players, this staff, and this program learned from that one going into next week. Um, hopefully the, the podcast schedule will, will get a little more regular um, moving forward. Uh, I'd like to do kind of a Mustang Monday final recap uh, and quick look ahead. Uh, and then something midweek uh, after after talking to some players and the coaches, and then uh, a preview uh, sort of deal on on Friday or or depending on game time Saturday morning uh, on when that would go live. So that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping to do moving forward, uh, putting it out there to kind of keep me on schedule a little bit. Uh, obviously, some things happen from time to time outside of outside of my control but that's the plan so be sure to like subscribe uh, get updates on that again had a had a really good uh, game thread conversation during the game on Saturday um, had some really good reaction thoughts afterwards so be sure to to make sure you've got that VIP subscription to 24/7 uh, so you can you can talk with me and, and all the other uh, 
big SMU fans during games, during the week, after games, before games, all the time. Uh, ask anybody on there. I'm, I'm pretty quick with a reply. Uh, but get joined up and, and keep this uh, Pony Stampede running. Uh, until next time, go SMU. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.